This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit Tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey everybody, welcome. Welcome to the show. Your Saltwater Guy with a brand new podcast for you. It's Friday, so you know we're bringing in special guests for you and you guys won't be disappointed with today's show. These two men are doing some phenomenal things down in Florida. So we're going to bring them in in just a few minutes. I want to tell everybody thank you for all the support. Thanks for the all the support with War Heroes on Water. I'm up here in Long Beach today in the tournament. There you go. That's who we got on the show today, just in case you didn't know. Coastal Worldwide, Dylan and Blaine, and we'll bring them in in a few minutes. I just wanted to thank everybody for all the support. War Heroes on Water kicks off tomorrow. I'm up here in Long Beach Harbor right now on the joint venture. We'll be out on the water. We're going to leave this afternoon, go try to make some mackerel, and then we're headed to Newport, be hanging out down there, and the parade starts around 5 o'clock. We pick up our war heroes around 3.30, so it should be a spectacular day. We're going to do our very best to go live and show you all the festivities, the parade, the picking up of the heroes at, at the house down there in Newport. It's going to be a spectacular event. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. We'll start probably around that 3 o'clock hour trying to go live. We'll probably go off and on the air three or four times because of all the different things that are going to be going on. But I want you to see all all the love and all the the uh, people that are going to be showing up down there in the harbor. I want everybody to see it and be a part of it. So, But uh, let's get going here. Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance Friday. I want to and the boys over at Pacific Alliance for always sponsoring our Friday shows. And we'll talk more about him and his company in, in a little bit. But let's bring in the guys right now. Let's get this going. Coastal Worldwide. What's going on, guys? What's up? Hey, hey, what's going on, man? Thanks for having us on, man. Yeah, all the way from Florida. This is pretty amazing. I'm in. I'm on the beach down here in Long Beach, sitting in the water, and you guys are sitting in Pensacola, Florida. Pretty bitchin'. Pretty cool. You got yeah. it, man. You got it. Technology is an amazing thing. Who'd have thought I'd live this long? 
to see you guys this that's morning. right that's right hey <laughs> if i live that long too i'll be pretty excited thank you very very much so hey why don't you guys let us know a little bit about yourselves why don't you start first dylan and let us know how you got into this fishing thing because what you guys are doing out there is just simply amazing and you offer it anybody can do what you're doing you don't have to be a superstar of fishing to come do fish with you guys so but how did you get into yeah. this that's the big thing it's been a long time coming, man. My my fishing passion started a long time ago when I was just four or five years old. Uh, probably like a lot of people, I was fishing with my papa, and uh, it was it was bluegill, bass, catfish, crappie, freshwater stuff. And then uh, I, I grew up in Kansas City, Missouri. And when I got the choice to, uh, to pick my college, I got as far away from the snow as I possibly could. Landed in Alabama and uh, finished out my college. Got a degree um, in something I don't use now, and um, started fishing full-time and kind of jumped off the wagon and, and went crazy. It's uh, it's fun, rewarding, and challenging all at the same time. You know how it goes. Oh, absolutely. What? How awesome <laughs> is that, though? That is just so yeah. cool. Jump in full speed and just go because that's how I was when I got it when I was 14 years old. You couldn't stop me. Get out of my way, and I'm still that same way today. I love to fish. Yeah, you get the itch. You get the itch, man. So. And every time we look at water – I don't know if you guys are the same, but I look at the water right behind me. I'm all wonder what's what I could catch right there if I cast over to that piling. Yeah, <laughs> that's not a background. That's real life behind you right there, dude. Yeah, how come no one's fishing that piling right now? You know there's a <laughs> right there. Absolutely. Okay, so Blaine, why don't you tell us how you got into this whole thing? Yeah, kind of, kind of similarly to Dylan starting freshwater fishing and then eventually kind of got out of the freshwater stuff when I discovered how much variety there is in the saltwater things. So I started shifting over that way, started with inshore stuff like redfish, speckled trout, and then, you know, shortly after that, got into the really big off, offshore game, tuna and stuff like that. So met Dylan 2021, and ever since then, we've been kind of learning the big game offshore stuff together, sword fishing, yellowfin tuna, blue marlin, sailfish, that kind of stuff. So slowly but surely. Yeah. My friend. Nice. Did <clears throat> how did you two guys meet? Sorry, I got caught up there with something. Oh, you're fine. Yeah. Back in 2021, um I ran another business and we actually hired Blaine on as like uh I guess a deckhand is what you'd call it. But like for the shark fishing stuff, he was a uh, charter guide so he came in worked real hard got up to a manager and then uh when we switched years and started the coastal worldwide stuff blaine ended up as an owner so we're side by side man and we're tearing it up nice do you know this stacy lady yeah that's my mom yeah <laughs> perfect mom's on the podcast as soon as you were old enough to hold the rod absolutely that was me too man Get out of the way. That's right. Give me that fishing pole and get out of the way. So what you guys got going on out there is just remarkable. I don't, I can't, it's just amazing. The fishery you guys have, we don't have that here. We have a, we have a uh, surf fishery here, but not like what you guys have down there. It's just absolutely insane. As I watch your videos all the time and I check out all the cool things and a good friend of mine, is Brian Demo, and he's the one that kind of set me up with getting together with you guys and turned me on to all. Yeah. And I was blown away when I started watching these. You got to check these guys out. They got it, Dave. They're they're in. They're in a hundred percent. 
I love Demo, man. Demo's the guy. So, and you guys make every fish so exciting. The, everything you guys catch, you know your bit. You know you can hear you guys up and down the beach for a long way. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, especially sometimes if it's late at night and the wind's calm, you probably hear us for miles screaming about it. So. So this is all kinds of stuff, all kinds of different fish, all kinds of different fisheries. Most of the stuff's out on the boats. The big thing, look, did you guys catch that thing on the beach? Yeah, that tiger shark there we did catch from the beach. Yep. And you're in the water holding on to a tiger shark. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Swim them out. Make sure they go out healthy. Um, definitely important. You got to – shark fishing's fun, man, but there's a big responsibility side to it, so – so when you're walking that shark out like that, no fear, huh? You got no fear of that thing whipping around and getting you? No, not at all. They're they're big teddy bears. They they want nothing to do with you. As soon as you you're kind of walking them out, helping helping them get their uh, their equilibrium back, you know, they're just as soon as you let them go, their their only want is to get as far away from the beach as possible and get back onto their migratory path. So. That's, that comes with the, you're talking about the fishery being pretty unique. It's a lot of our sharks here in a migratory pattern. So you see a tiger shark that we're handling here, it's 12 foot, nine, a thousand pounds. Um, and then, you know, people are saying, well, in Egypt, uh, you know, last week that the tiger shark just ate someone, you know what I mean? And then they're in a different pattern there. They're in a pupping place there. They're protective. They're trying to, they're in an aggressive state. Uh, a lot of the sharks in our area are in a migratory pattern. They're moving through and they're in a, eating calories versus not burning calories. And they're not going to give effort and burn calories into something that isn't worth their time. Um, they need to make sure that they got the calories to go. Um, and so we're, we're lucky for that too, because we have to deal with sharks here that aren't, you know, aggressive. Whereas in other places like Aussie and South Africa and stuff like that, those sharks are yeah definitely ready to get after you, but not here. And I think something that people need to understand is, I know that it's taboo. People think, oh, you're fishing for sharks. They're an endangered species. The sharks that you guys are fishing for are not endangered by any stretch of the imagination. And then 99.9% of the ones you're catching are going back just as healthy as they were when they were caught, correct? Yes, sir. Yep. Yep. Catch, tag, and release is a big one around here. So um, it's a, it's a you know, sport fishing of sorts, catch and release fishing. Um, and then since we do it full time and we get to see, you know, hundreds and hundreds of sharks a year, um, we definitely try to give back to that conservation side. We're no scientists ourselves, but there's some organizations that are able to get us tags and we're able to put tags and fish to kind of help aid on the conservation side there. Yeah, well, here's something that most people don't understand that always want to close everything is the survival of these sharks is how you guys are going to make your living. You're not going to do anything to damage your way of making a living, your livelihood. That's what they don't understand as they stand on the outside and look at us as fishermen. They're just like, oh, you guys are raping the ocean. Well, we're not. You can't adversely affect the population of a shark or any type of fish with a fishing pole standing on the beach. Let's be perfectly honest. But they're going to yep. tell you all day long, you're the reason. You're, We're not the reason. We're the solution. We're giving back so much. We're educating people. Just like... Blaine, what you were just saying, how it's a big teddy bear. There's so many people that are sitting here watching what you guys are doing right now going, I never see me in the water with that thing. Yeah, <laughs> that's a comment that we get frequently. A and lot. it's These sharks are not, 
not aggressive towards humans whatsoever. I, I, I believe the last shark attack we even had in the Pensacola area, yeah. shark attack was I mean, several, several, several years ago, and it was due to the cause of a fisherman that had bait in his pocket as he was waiting out, and it was a black tip that had gotten confused as, and, saw that bait, man. and just took a little nip out of his butt because he had the bait in, the, in his back pocket. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Now, are you guys catching any sharks that you actually harvest, or is every shark going back? You can legally harvest black tip sharks um, in our area, along with like bull sharks and sharp nose and some bonnet heads and stuff like that. But every once in a while, we'll keep a black tip, especially on a charter, much like if you went tuna fishing and you were to keep three or four or five tuna. Um, we'll keep around one small black tip. Um, if the clients catch it and they want to eat the meat, it's great if it's harvested correctly and they're bled uh, properly and quick. We'll get some black tip shark for meat. But I would say even out of 100 black tips that we catch, we'll keep three of them for clients. Most of the time, clients are on board with just the catch and release stuff. Right. And most people just want to see a shark. Yep. Yeah. That's the uniqueness of the beach, man. You get to, you get to handle, you get to be with the shark um, versus if you were running a shark fishing charter out of a boat, um, it can be kind of tough to – Handle the shark, see it, touch it, um, trying to tail rope a shark boat side while keeping them moving in the water is tough. On the beach, we're able to get down there, de-hook, keep the shark moving, keep the water flowing over their gills, get it right back out uh, for a clean release. So, See what Brad, the comment Brad just left there? Mm-hmm. You guys see that? Yeah, Brad, Brad's someone that we talked to a good bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brad will be in Texas soon. Brad's out of Texas, so, yeah, we'll be in Texas soon for Sharkathon, so. Nice. I'm sure you guys have turned so many people onto their very first shark, even their very first time they ever seen a shark. Or a fish. We have a lot of clients who've never even caught a fish before. They're just they're just here to experience fishing like never before. And then the fact that you're fishing on the beach, a lot of children can get involved in it too because they're not getting seasick. The parents aren't scared. They're going out on the water. It's kind of a really right, spectacular man. thing. That's why I'm trying to introduce this surf fishing to more and more of my members and my my followers because of the fact that it's so accessible and what you guys are doing anybody can come and fish with you guys they don't have to be an olympic swimmer or they can be kids exactly. you're not going in the water right unless you, you guys yeah. want to get yeah. the shark go yeah mm-hmm. no they don't even have to get wet man we're, we're kayaking baits we're changing rods we're doing all the work and then yeah i mean we've had kids down to five four or five years old you know those okumas have single speed man we can crank the single speed and they can just sit there and go crazy leave it in the rod holder and they can they can be just as much of a participant as you know anybody can now you just mentioned akuma you guys use a lot of makairas down there fishing on the beach yeah, we'll use uh, we'll use some Makairas off the beach. We've got some coming in now. Um, we've got a 50 coming in. We're going to start doing a little bit of sword fishing with it as well. And then we got one back here for the 16-size reel for tuna fishing. It's just perfect for our area, for live baiting, for big yellowfin. Nice. Yep. You got sword fishing, you guys aren't doing that off the beach, though. No, no. About 80 miles offshore or so. Right. I just wanted to make sure everyone knew. We're not that lucky. You know what I mean? We're not that lucky. Because if you guys are catching swordfish off the beach, I'm coming. Me and Elliot are coming tomorrow. <laughs> You're like, hold on. We're going to have to switch and play. No, no swordfish off the beach here. So so what's going on in this picture? Everyone trying to get that rod. There he is, young man catching a shark. Yep. 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 That's some repeat clients we've had. They're, they're great clients with us. And, yeah, they, that was uh, 
it's cool. We've get we've been doing this for years and years now, right? So we've got some clients that are repeats year after year. They book one or two trips a year. They come every year, and now we're getting to see like that shark there. Those kids when they started were like four and five years old, and now they're six, seven, eight years old. We're watching families grow up. We're seeing developments come here and there. Someone's coming. They're like, dude, I got a new job this year. Uh, my kids, you know, just got in high school. And it's just. It's nuts to see the relationship you get to build with the clients. You know how it is, is, is you see people grow up and it's neat, man. Oh, it's the best. It's there's nothing better than watching the family grow up and recognizing you and the kids recognizing you and coming down. They want to tell you the stories right away. That is yeah. so that is probably one of the most special things about fishing for a living is the relationships we've it's not about fishing, it's about all the other stuff. The rewards, yeah. man. Yeah. Outside of the fish, it's a, it's, that's more of the sport than anything. You're exactly right. Oh yeah. Now, if I wanted to come down there and bring my kid fishing with you guys, how do we go about this? Is there, we got to go on your website. We call you. What do we do to come down and fish off the beach for sharks, which just sounds mind boggling to me coming from the West coast. We don't have anything like that. Yeah, man, we've got a, well, you guys have got the QR code there. So people watching right now can scan that QR code, go directly to our website. But our website is coastal-worldwide.com. Easiest way you can find it on any of our social media in the bio. But if you go to the website, you'll find our number. Um, there's also a way you can just reach out directly through the website if you want to. It'll go to our email address. And uh, yeah, we, we've had, I had somebody call me just this morning and he's like, hey, I want to get on a shark. I want to come down. Uh, you call me, you tell me your dates, tell me how many people you got. Am I working with a family? Am I working with a group of dudes who wants to come down? Um, and then we just try and put you guys in the right spot. That's all we can do. So, Oh, perfect. That sounds wonderful. You can tell them if it's not shark time or is it always shark time down there? It's Yeah, it's hard not to be in shark time. That's another blessing we have here in Pensacola is we've got basically – Fall, spring, winter, summer, it doesn't matter. There's sharks around. All that changes is the species there. And so, I mean, in the wintertime, we're seeing dusky sharks, sandbar sharks, bull sharks, tiger sharks, mako sharks, even great whites here and there. Um, you know, summertime, we've got our hammerheads and black tips and bulls. And then, you know, in the fall season, we've got our transition sharks coming in and out. And it's, it's, it's pretty lit all year round, that's for sure. Gang, I just want you all to know – Make sure that you hit the like button, the subscribe button to our YouTube and Facebook and everything else we got going on. That really helps me out tremendously. We do this show Monday through Friday at 12 o'clock Pacific Standard Time. I'm not begging or I'm just letting you know if you enjoy the show, if you have a good time watching me every day, leave us a tip. Throw it out there on uh, YouTube and also sprinkle some of those diamonds across Facebook and let me know that you appreciate what I'm doing. Because I try to entertain you guys all every Monday through Friday. We do this live podcast. We bring in special guests almost every day. I want you to check it out. I don't have very many guests like this that have the following these guys have, though. These guys are really, really good at what they do. And they're very, very good at their social media. I hope to one day be at that level. But these guys put on one heck of a show. If you haven't watched any of their videos, you got to go over every platform, right? You guys are on everything, yep. right? Yep, yep. Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Yep. And it's very, not only is it for me entertaining, but it's educational. I, as I watch what you guys are doing and stuff, I'm always constantly learning. If you guys aren't into learning about fishing, then you probably aren't into fishing. I'm 62 years old. I learn stuff every day. I'm going to run this boat for the next three days. I'm going to learn a ton why I'm out there. I'm going to see different water that I haven't seen before. I'm going to do different things that I haven't done before. And that's what watching these videos 
with Dylan and Blaine. They give you a different perspective. If you guys haven't seen this beach fishing thing that they're doing, you got to go check it out. Right? I mean, it's insane. Yeah, that's right. That's right, man. No, that's cool. That's you, you nailed the hammer on the head, man. Every time we get to go fish with somebody or even talking with you now, like we were in the green room, it's you can learn something from somebody all the time. So if you're a fisherman, that's probably your best thing you can do is I do a lot of listening, a lot of listening. So got to pick them up. It's cool. And then being connected with the kids, you guys make it. I watch you guys as videos with the kids. You guys make it so into all about the kids when they're out there, our children, whatever they're, when they're out there fishing with you guys on the beach, you make sure to make sure that they understand how special they are getting to fish on the beach, which is the missing link. Because if you, you guys know as well as I do with all the comments we get, fishermen are the enemy right now. Nobody yeah. wants anybody fishing, going outside and having fun and getting a suntan and smiling. Boy, that's not good. Drives some people nuts, man. Yep. Yeah. That's uh that's why we do the YouTube videos too. Even if it's shark fishing, especially, um, but even like tuna fishing, sword fishing, anytime we make a video, we try to share every piece of knowledge that we possibly can because you know, one of my biggest goals was nine, ten years ago, I was that guy that came here that had zero idea what I was doing. I was catching a hardtail off the pier and I was like, what is this? You know what I mean? Like, and people are just like this guy, dude, get out of here. And so I was that guy at some point and, and, there, and I wanted to learn anything. I would have given my left leg to be out on a boat. You know what I mean? Like all these dreams and aspirations. And now I get to be in a place where we can influence and we can make videos and I can help people shorten the learning curve. And I, if I'm in that position, I have zero idea why you wouldn't help somebody do that. Get out there, have fun, catch more fish, and we're going to help you every, you know, we're not the we're not the experts by any means, you know, but we can definitely help people shorten a, shorten a learning curve, especially when it comes to the shark fishing stuff. And gang, if you just listen to what Dylan said, it's kind of basically the story that I tell every day on the podcast. Everyone wonders why, Captain Dave, you're going against the grain. Everybody... Because you know how fishermen are. The last thing that we want to yep. do is share anything. We don't want to yeah, share lip field, man. When I grew up in the 70s and 80s in the industry, if you got caught sharing, you were going to get your butt kicked. <laughs> you, you know, I was in the middle of the – when we didn't share anything. And kind of I broke the code about 35 years ago when I started making the videos. We used to make videos back probably you guys were just little kids, VHS tapes. And oh, yeah, man. sell them at the VHS store for twenty nine nine to five to go watch us catch fish. Never in my wildest imagination did I think there'd be a digital platform where people would watch us. I'm, I'm glad I didn't film everything, or no one would watch me. <laughs> <laughs> Can't film at all. I see we got Lewis on there. He said he wants a shout out from South Africa. That's pretty cool, Dave. You guys got some reach there. Yeah, we try, and the. The thing is, gang, if you're watching everywhere, hit the um, comment button and let us know where you're watching us from. That was kind of a thing that Brian Demo brought into the curve. And yep. people started identifying themselves watching worldwide. It's pretty amazing. And what a perfect thing for Costa Worldwide. That's, That's the right. unique thing about what you guys are doing. You can do it anywhere. You can go teach them in Africa how to do it. That's yeah. right, man. We've got plans. We've got plans eventually in the next few years to go to South Africa as well. So it's nothing on this globe is not out of reach. And we're, you know, we're enjoying, we love traveling and fishing new fisheries. You can learn. I'm talking about the learning thing. You go fish um, in Aussie, you go fish even on the West Coast of California. We were, we were over there a couple last year, last summer. Mm -hmm. um, we just got back from Massachusetts a few weeks ago and 
when you go fish with these guys, man, if you just listen and you watch techniques, we can bring all these techniques from all over the globe and bring them right back to Pensacola, Florida and see success with it. That's, that's super cool to me too. That's rewarding stuff. It's super important to be learning. That's what we, that's the key to this whole thing. And what you were just, what you, what you, the message that you're preaching is just spectacular and getting to go worldwide. We're going to talk about that for just a second here, gang. Real quick, we're going to stop and we're going to talk about Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance. This is your opportunity to go on a bucket list style trip with the the guys that have been doing it for a very long time. Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance makes you feel super safe. You're part of the group. You're going with the group. You're going into a foreign country. You're coming down into Mexico to go fishing. And I know a lot of people are scared of Mexico. You don't have to be afraid. I say that all the time. I live in Mexico, but still there's that fear that the media has put on you. So Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance is a way to take away that fear. Come down into Mexico, go fishing at one of their lodges or go up to Alaska. Larry's got a phenomenal lodge up in Alaska, fish processing plant. You can go up there. You can fish with them up there. You can fish with them in Mexico. He's also got opportunities to fish with them in San Diego. If you go and you check out that QR code I'm flashing up on the screen right now. You can go to Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance, see all the bucket list trips they have planned for the next couple of years. You can get involved in it. You can become a member. It's almost, it's it's a membership-based type of vacation opportunity also. There's a lot of members. You'll be get to be part of the group. You guys will be traveling together all over the world fishing. Larry puts together a phenomenal opportunity, takes away all the fear of travel, because it's a big thing to go to Alaska or go to Mexico if you've never been before. So check out Pacific Sport Fishing Alliance, gang. You won't be disappointed. Larry will take good care of you. Give him a call over there. And uh, let's get back into this whole thing. Fishing on the beach. So do you guys fish smaller fish off the beach? Or are you just strictly fishing sharks? And we'll do a little bit of both. I'd say probably... 90% sharks if we're beach fishing. Um, and 10% of the time, well, there's a lot of things that we probably miss out on the beach here. Um, free time is tough to come by, especially when you're fishing full time. You've got gaps and weather things to go here and there. Um, but there is like you can get Jack Revolve off the beach, the Pompano, the whiting thing like Bearded Brad and those guys do. Demos plugged into the Pompano fishing stuff too. And uh, there's a lot of like smaller surf fishing stuff you can do and be really keyed on um, but yeah a lot of shark fishing stuff we've got some plans to try and do some weird stuff off the beach here um, and catch some game fish off the beach but yeah for the most part it's sharks all right and then blaine what if you had tomorrow you was your day to go fish for what it was you had a magic lamp and you could fish for whatever you want to fish for what do you want to fish for We're, we'd be going out tuna fishing <laughs> we'd be going out throwing stick baits and poppers and anything artificial for big tuna offshore so well, you'd that's, love to uh, that's our bread and butter that's what we really really enjoy doing that's the itch man that's the itch okay you'd love to be here right now we got yellowfin bluefin dorado and yellowtail all living right off our beach right now big time really good fishing yeah, yeah, if, cool. if you know how to cast we got foam and tuna all over the place. It's a pretty spectacular fishery right now in Southern California. That's oh, epic. Yeah. That's epic. Yeah, that's that's a big thing that we're we're kind of starting to push for right now um, as far as content goes and what we, we personally want to do as far as seeing fishing um, is doing a lot of artificial tuna fishing, like casting, stick baits, poppers, and that sort of stuff. Um, it's really rewarding to put all your time and effort into all this 
light tackle gear for these really big fish. I mean, all the way down to your connection knot or using split rings and swivels on, on the front side of your lures to make them wait right. Yeah. Go, like look better. The presentation is everything and it's real technical. So that's what we really enjoy doing. Yeah. That connection to your lure is going to change the way it swims. It's going to yep. have, and every lure swims different and you can't use the same application gang. If you're going, what are they talking about? If you're throwing a stick bait, you can't tie it on the way you're tying on a marauder. If you're throwing, Throwing yep. a uh, surface iron, you can't tie it on like you would tie on a stick bait because you're not going to have that same movement. And everything matters. Something that you guys can probably talk about is fishing off the beach. Everything yep. matters. Like you can't yeah. even believe, gang, if you approach anything lazily, you're going to get lazy re results. That's the truth, man. That's the truth. And uh, for, for people who don't know us, there's a, there's a monkey that Blaine and I have on our back. Not your monkey, Mr. Dave, but the monkey we got our back about May. May of this year, we went out. We run a 22-foot single-engine boat 100 miles offshore pretty regularly. And uh, we went out popping, stick baiting, not bringing any live bait. And I hooked a 200-pound-plus yellowfin out of this 22-foot boat. We fought it for an hour and a half, had my real foot break. Um, all the things went wrong you could imagine. And then we got it right next to the boat after an hour and a half, lost it. And so we are now – I'm very much geared towards we are going to catch a 200-pound-plus yellowfin on the stick baiter popper this in the next, you know, year, year and a half. It's going to happen. So we're geared for that. Nice. That's a good thing to try to accomplish. That's a great goal to set. And we were right there, Dave. We were right there. I should be telling you about it. I should be showing you the fish picture. But uh, we didn't bring a harpoon, so it's our fault. <laughs> now, see, we can't do that here. We can't harpoon them here. It's against the law. Okay, okay. You have to fight them right up to the surface and then stick a gaff in them. Doesn't make any sense, but it's the law in California. Yep, fair enough. Fair enough. I was just seeing Elliot was posting some pictures, something I got to do when I was down there in your neck of the woods. Okay. Two years ago, two and a half years ago, I got to go peacock bass fishing. Ooh, yeah. That's fun, man. Oh, yeah. There we are. Yep. The guy. I hired a guide because I didn't know anything about it. And I, that's how right. I approach it. Whenever I go fishing, I always hire a guide first so I can figure something out when I get to new that's water. I'm not going to ever think I could figure this crap out on my own. And he goes, are you okay with jumping fences and fishing in backyards? And I was like, oh, my gosh, you're <laughs> speaking my language. He goes, you can get over a fence. I go, yeah, I'm 62, but I can climb a fence if there's a fish on the other side. There <laughs> we go, baby. Yes, sir. And that peacock bass fishery that you guys have developed, and it's a man-made fishery, but it is a yep. epic fishery. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea there was peacock bass in Florida. It was something brand new for me. Right. Yeah, right. Definitely weird, but, yeah, definitely a, a cool thing. And, yeah, welcome to South Florida with jumping fences. You just got to kind of keep your head on swivel and make sure you got permission, I guess. Yeah, I, I have a great attitude if they're going to jump and start yelling at me i'm good i i can handle it i mean <laughs> yeah, I, so. yeah. I taught i taught all the kids that fish with me since they were my deckhands before that when they were little i would tell them when people run up to you and start yelling at you for fishing on the dock or fishing off the side of the seawall grab your phone and call me immediately i want to have that conversation with those people because they're the same people that are saying, oh, our younger generation, they're, all they do is sit in front of the computer all day. Dang, now man. they're out in your backyard fishing and you're pissed. What's wrong with you? They're fishing. 
Yeah. Which one do you want, man? It's the craziest thing. And I'm sure you guys standing on the beach, you get yelled at all the time by people coming up wanting to tell you that you're doing something yeah. dumb. Yep. Yep. You got people, yeah, especially we get a lot of people from out of state, man, that are just it's there's a lot of, you know, you get the media problems, then you get movies. We get the we got Jaws, man. Fun fact, I fished shark fish for 10 years, never seen the movie Jaws in my life. Never want to see the movie Jaws, and I hate it because everyone thinks because of that movie that sharks are just going to come walk out of the water and just bite your legs off, both of them gone, just because they're in the area and people think we're attracting sharks to the beach and stuff like that. I mean, we got people who think you we attract sharks because we're shark fishing and putting these baits this big in the water. We're bringing sharks in. And then you've got two weeks ago or a week ago now, we had a Mako beach himself on the beach trying to chase stingrays no fishermen around but there's no explanation for that you know what i mean there's, you got the logic is gone the common sense is losing its power so oh definitely in the ocean for sure there's just no you can't even it's hard to even imagine how people that don't understand what we're going through on a daily basis to just try to go fishing and have fun on the water they can't understand these barriers that are being built around fishing yeah, one of the coolest things, and we need to get the children involved in it. And I think what you guys are doing, right. and I think not that you guys are young; you're both men, and you're you're grown, but you're at a younger level where the, you're turning so many children on that will watch you right before they'd watch this old guy. And I just love the message that you're putting out to everybody. It's a really cool message, and you're showing yeah. some. You're taking that myth behind the shark. And you're throwing that in the trash and people are, you're turning people onto it and they don't even have to come fish with you. They can watch it on your, on your social media channels. It's pretty spectacular. Yep. Yeah. And that's, that's the idea too. I mean, if, if you're watching now and you haven't seen our channel, I've seen our social media, a big thing that, that I push when I make the videos and we do these, we film or anything is it's the videos are educational, they're engaging, but they're most importantly, they're clean. You're not going to find any, Nobody's going to be smoking cigarettes, dropping a bunch of F-bombs. Nobody's going to be trying to teach you the wrong things or teaching you bad habits. Um, and so you can give your 12-year-old kid uh, the iPad, and he can watch Coastal Worldwide videos for hours, and he's not going to you know, pick up bad habits. He's not going to hear a bunch of curse words, something like that. You know, That's something that can be lost in translation as guys grow up, guys get older. Um, they're kind of like, you know, I don't have to answer to my mom and dad anymore. Um, I don't, you know, I want to make these videos real as reachable to everyone as possible because you're right the idea is the younger generation so if i make it unapproachable for those kids to watch it's not i'm, I'm now missing my target and my target is to influence this next generation and influence the people who are doing it now to uh to be able to catch more fish and have more fun and get outside get off their phones and just get outdoors man get into fish and get have fun absolutely and it <clears throat> For me, it is such an important thing when I talk to people and we do this podcast to keep the cuss words out. Do yeah. not, there's no need, there's no need for that. It doesn't need to happen. It's not, it doesn't show that you're a big, big man or a grown up. It pretty much shows you're uneducated and you don't have any real words. So you have to throw out these big expletives, which are just horrible for your social media channel. If you want to grow your social media like you guys have. Yeah, man. You can't do that. And like they said, pick up the iPad. You can give it to your kids and you're never going to have to worry that they're going to hear something that's inappropriate. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. You've got, a, there's a peace of mind, right? 
And, and that's something we're also trying to push too is like, you know, I think even on the charter side and on the social media side, there's kind of a bad egg in there too. You said kind of fishermen are, are kind of the problem sometimes too, is you've got charter guys who start up, especially in our area, if they start shark fishing charters, people are just like, man, get out of here. There's not enough room for you here and stuff like that. And my take on it is, dude, call me. If you, if you start a shark fishing charter in Pensacola, Florida, and you need some help making it, bro, there's tens of thousands of people that come here every month in the summertime. There are plenty of clients to go around. If you need help and you want to make fishing full-time your job, call me. I'll help you out. I'll get you started, and especially on the social media side too. Hey, man, if you're doing it right and you need some help, you guys want to collaborate, you guys want to get together, I'm not, I'm not, I don't hate you. I want, I want you to succeed just as much. There's plenty of subscribers to go around. There's plenty of followers to go around. So everybody get on the same page that are, do, that are doing things in the right ways. That's the group we need together going forward, pushing the standard for the community. That's the idea. That is totally it. That is what I preach every single day. That's why I believe Brian thought that it would be such a great fit for us to be together and talk. Because he's like, man, I love your message. You need to talk to these guys. These guys got it, Dave. They come from, uh, you guys come from like an old soul. You guys talk the old soul. (laughs) It's important right now with all this stuff that's getting bombarded onto our children. They need this. They need people like you guys and myself talking and being able to hand the iPad. That's such a, I love that. I'm going to use that all the time now, Dylan. Yeah. And the iPad off and you don't have to worry what Dave's going to, because you don't have to worry what I'm going to say. I even even do a thing at my shows when I do the live shows out in public that I tell all children to attend and they come in droves and I stop my seminar in the very beginning and I give free stuff to every child in in the audience. Then... From that point forward, I tell them, if you hear Captain Dave say one bad word and shut up's a bad word, then you all get free stuff. <laughs> hey, <what? laughs> get free they stuff. all listen and they wait. And then I, I'll give them a free one at the end. I'll give them a bad <laughs> one. So they all get free stuff. But they listen when you do yep. it. And it's important. That's, right. That's our future, gang. If it's not for these children, you guys aren't going to be working when you're my age. Yeah. That's right, man. You've got, yeah, it's, it's the twofold. You've, you've got to create a, like you have, you've created a channel and entity for kids. We've done the same thing. And then you've got, um, you've got to influence people who are in your circle and in our age range to do the same thing. We've got to share the mission. We can't, it's not to be the one guy who's trying to influence the kids doesn't do any good. I need hundreds and hundreds of influencers doing the same thing, pouring into these children. That's the way to go for sure. Yeah, because you know, man, they're teaching them that we are the enemy, and that's the worst thing they could teach them. So that's that's yeah. why I loved having you guys on the show, and that's why I think your message is so important. And the other thing I think that is so cool, and I know I keep talking about it a lot, but the accessibility of going fishing with you guys. It's you're not crazy. Affected, but you're not affected. We have out here on the West Coast right now, we have $7 a gallon diesel fuel. Mm. <laughs> Holy smokes, man. Our gasoline, you'll be hard to find gasoline under six fifty a gallon. That is That's nuts, crazy. man. So that has yeah, so that pushes your charters up. That pushes your, your prices up. And yeah, it's, it's tough for charter guys for sure. It's tough for everybody. It's tough for the pleasure boat guys. It's tough yeah, for man. everybody. You know, you're not gonna get that many people going fishing. So the cool thing about this surf fishing thing is that 
they can call you up tomorrow morning. You don't have a fuel surcharge on your charger. Nope. Nope. And it's, it's one of those things too. Like you, you nailed on the head earlier. You're talking about getting seasick or you can bring the whole family. We've had, I cannot tell you the amount of charters even this summer, probably over 50% where the wife and the daughter and, you know, maybe grandma comes and they don't care about fishing at all. So if they were going on a boat, dad, brother, uncle, they would go on the fishing trip. The, the girls would stay home, but now they can all come and mom can sit in a zero gravity chair, kick her feet back, not touch a piece of bait, not be stuck on the boat all day. And then she can watch her, you know, son and her husband have a great time catching a shark and then bang, go back home. So everybody gets to be inclusive. And it's, a, it's just a cool experience. It's like a cheat code, it feels like, because these people come in, they've never turned a handle before. And all of a sudden they're catching a 10 foot tiger. It's, it's neat, man. Oh my God, that's insane. And then everybody gets a chance to turn the handle on the reel. I was seeing some of your videos where grandpa takes a few turns and the yep. son takes a few turns and the grandson takes a few turns. And then at the end, they all caught that shark. And that what a great way to have the family get together. Oh, that's just insane. That's so cool. And then, yeah, grandma and mom got to watch. They didn't have to yep. hear the story when you got back to the dock. Yeah, man. Yep. Yeah, you got generations and generations on a ride. It's, it's neat stuff. That is so cool. So, okay, what I'm going to start with you, Dylan. I want to say what it was your favorite catch, not your biggest catch, because who cares? That doesn't matter. What yeah, was your favorite catch on the beach with oh, a client, gosh. with yourself, with your family, whatever? Something super special that sticks out that you'll never forget. Oh, gosh. I would probably say – the in 2020 i caught my first mako clean off the beach ran a float rig from terra from a tackle and uh it was one of those fish that mako come and run off the beach in the winter time here in the panhandle and they're kind of like uh it's like a golden ticket for charlie brown's chocolate factory man like if you're the one out of the hundreds that get it it's like there's only six or seven caught a year and i had put years and years into that fish and then finally got it and it came in the morning we had slept all night woke up rod was going off and it was like zero mile an hour wind sun was just breaking the surface in navarre florida it was like a fairy tale and then you look up and you could see 200 yards out that cobalt blue and purple just just across the surface and that feeling i got when when the guy standing beside me was like that's him man that's the mako and it was like it was just like one of those like fulfilling like i remember driving home after that, after catching that shark and was just like by myself, like, yeah, 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 honking. And everyone on the interstate probably was like, what's wrong with this guy? You know, <laughs> just like there wasn't a cloud nine, man. I was on cloud 10 and it was, it was, a, it was an epic moment for sure. Rewarding for effort. Nice. That is awesome. That, that is a special fish that I had no idea went into the beach. That is a special shark. We have big ones out here on the West coast, but. I never yeah, seen one in on the beach. Yep. They come in yep. to the sand, huh? So we've been chasing that fish for, you know, it's been, that was 2020. So we've had three more winter seasons. We're going to have one this year too. And still hasn't happened again, but <laughs> thought we had to figure yeah, it that, out. We did. That one they just put back in the water the other day. I saw that video. That was a yeah, big yeah. Mako shark. Yeah, that yeah, was a was. big Mako, man. That was a, that was a fat mama right there. How exciting was that? How cool. And you'd always have that memory. I I think that's so cool. That's what I talk about fishing is we all have that 
photograph in our brain of that one fish that just did it, that just pushed us over the top. And now we're chasing that again. Yep. We got them, yep. but now we want them again. Yeah, yep. can I repeat it kind of thing? Yes, sir. And so, Blaine, what did you do? Um, it, for me, it's probably, it's probably, it, it is the biggest shark that we've, we've caught to date as far as, as weight goes, but it, the meaning behind it was more than anything. And it was that great white that we caught in March. Yeah. Um, not only was it the first ever land-based recorded great white in Alabama, but it was also a huge milestone for us as we had just restarted the business, um, and kind of gotten everything started back up. And we caught that and it was just a huge moment for us. I specifically remember after us releasing it, especially as it being this, everything you ever hear from Shark Week is it's the apex predator of the ocean and there's just this violent creature and it was as calm as can be. He could care less about what you were doing with him. And as soon as we let him go, it was like just, just swimming on the surface for as long as you can see. And I specifically remember after me and Dylan released it, it was just a huge, like looking at each other and just gave the biggest hug ever to each other. And it was just like, that was it. That is why we do this kind of thing. So. And then what you just said was you guys were just kicking off the business again. So I don't know if you guys are into the higher power, but I'm way into the higher power. I try to do my best every day. That was yeah. the higher power out there looking down on you guys going, here, I'm going to give you guys the golden ticket. Here, yeah. white shark yeah. on the beach. Do you think anybody watched that video? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's oh, my like gosh. Fire, man. So what, since you're talking about that white shark, what did that thing eat? What did you fish with it for? How did you, did you know he was out there? Did you have a clue? Oh. No, I no mean, clue. no clue that he was out there. We know that they're in the area during the wintertime, but this at this point during March comes, the it's not even a thought anymore. It's not even a possibility in our minds. So it was a big Jack Craval head um, that we had out there that he picked up, and we didn't know what it was because pelagic shark never really crossed our minds because they're only here during the wintertime, and the yeah. water had warmed up, so we thought all pelagic sharks were out of the area. So we thought we had hooked a really big tiger shark or something. And lo and behold, this 11 foot to 12 foot great white comes up on the beach and surprises the crap out of us. Yeah. I thought it was, I thought it was the biggest tiger shark we ever going to see in our life. And then you guys got in the water with it. Cause oh, yeah. videos, you're in the water with a great white shark. Come on. My Come one on. regret was we still had waders on. Yeah. And we couldn't like sw- full on swim with the shark. We've got some clips of like Blaine on the drone swimming out with a tiger shark, a couple hundred yards. And if I didn't have my waders on, man, I'd have been right in the water, slick. I mean, you don't get that opportunity very often. And that was that fish was just amazing for sure. So was it a little boy or was it a girl? It was a it was a female. Okay, nice. Yep. Yeah, we have that same phenomenon here. We can't fish for them on the beach, but they come into the beach all the time to like. You said that Mako to eat the little stingrays and the little sand dabs and the little shark or the little uh, shovel nose shark stuff like that. These big white sharks down here in Southern California like to swim up and down the beach. Yeah, y'all yeah. get some white sharks, man. Y'all get some white sharks there. But we're not allowed to fish for them. If you get caught even trying to, it's a big deal. You know, it's California. 
Yeah. We're we're not allowed to target them here either, and we yeah. we, we don't actively target that species. It was just an incidental catch. Um, no, I but, know what I you mean. mean. But if you were to take a head and go fish on the beach down here, they know what you're fishing for because we don't have any sharks that come on. Yeah, the beach. man. Yeah, you guys have just white sharks. Yep, and threshers and stuff like that. Yeah, but the threshers really don't get into the surf line like that in the Makos. I never heard of anybody catching. We catch those little baby threshers on the beach, but yeah. nothing. We don't get anything big. You you know, you guys can go for those. What are those big brown sharks that you guys catch all the time? Husky sharks. Yeah. Huskies. Yeah. You guys catch a lot of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wintertime, they'll come. They're kind of like a pack, like wolf pack of sorts. And they'll show up in like droves on the beach for like a week. And then they'll move back out. Because they're coming like in the summertime, we see them out 90, 100 miles offshore on the tuna rigs. And they're around the tuna rigs all the time, feeding on yellowfin. So they think they come in there to the beach to spawn? Uh, our theory is there's not as many. I think the main reason sharks run the beach in, in the most time, like there's certain like sandbar sharks who like stay locally. And a lot of times when people are snapper fishing here, they're hooking a snapper, they're coming up, they're seeing a shark eat it, and then it goes back down. They, they call it a bull shark, and probably 90% of the time it's a sandbar shark. So that's the only shark we get here that's really like local, local. It doesn't do a lot of like migrating. And we see sandbar sharks show up on the beach in the wintertime, like immediately as soon as like now, as soon as it starts getting a little cold and everybody puts their boats up because football season started and around here people start hunting. Um, I think those sandbars don't have an easy meal because they can't eat snapper unless they're on hook a line most of the time. And so they're like, well, our food source is gone out here. All the fishermen, there's not many boats out there anymore. So they come and run the beach and they look for stingrays and they look for black drum and stuff like that. I think the dusky sharks are no different. I think they don't get an easy meal because fishermen aren't hooking fish, and so they're like, "Oh, let's go, let's go check the beach out this week," you know. And that, I think that's the run. So, how cool though to have that right in your backyard. How far away are you guys from the water, personally? About twenty-five minutes or so, 25, 30 minutes. Okay, so if we charter you guys, we just meet you at the beach. Yep. Yeah, a lot of times. So if if you were to call me, sometimes people have uh, like they have houses on the beach or they're at a condo on the beach now. If they're in a big condo, it's July. Um, we won't fish behind the condo. Too many people. Uh, but we have some locations that we can get away from crowds. Um, we fish in the evening time, right about the sun's going down. Everybody's coming out of the water. Then we'll fish all night till about midnight um, or so. We got a trip tonight. We start at 6 p.m. and we'll go to 6 a.m. So it's a 12-hour trip. We'll fish all night and we'll be gone in the morning. So. And then the two of you guys do the trips together? Yeah, we got we got a couple crews. Blaine and I are one crew. Um, we've got two guys that work for us again, um, and they run like first crew. So Blaine and I don't work the beach as much anymore. We do a lot of the travel, YouTube, the offshore fishing stuff, um, getting content. And then we have a crew that works for us. And the next summer there'll be two crews that work for us. And Blaine and I will probably not work the beach very much. So trying to create some jobs too. That's the idea. Nice. So then you're talking about your social media. How many videos do you guys post? How often do you post? Where do you post? Yeah, so we post uh, on Facebook twice a day. Um, a lot of Facebook stuff is just short clips, um, some three-minute videos here and there. We post a lot of, like, pictures and short clips on Instagram and then YouTube. With full The full-form videos is really our bread and butter. It's what is the most rewarding to put out, and uh, that's about once a week or so. But I'm not afraid to – not post next week if we don't get a good video if i go out and catch you know a couple of small fish like this i'm not gonna make a 25 minute video about it i just we'll just wait for the next week till i can get a really high quality 20 minute plus video so try to get good viewership and you know 
get the big fish in there. So, oh yeah, you guys got some spectacular stuff. If you guys haven't seen them yet, go over there and check out Coastal Worldwide. You you're definitely going to be entertained. It's going to be better than watching Netflix or Hulu or whatever you're watching. You're going to get very entertained. These guys do a phenomenal job of putting these videos together and putting them out in a timely fashion. So you got plenty of cool tent to watch which is pretty spectacular yeah no they stay there's not weeks where we we don't go weeks without fishing we we maybe go 12 hour segments without fishing so there's <laughs> new content coming at some point nice so one more time because we're running out of time here and like i said before we went live i got war heroes on water here gang i'm up in long beach harbor as soon as this we're done with this i'm on my way up to san pedro to get some bait and then we're going to go try to catch some mackerel and get ready for this tournament. We pick up our war heroes tomorrow in Newport Harbor. So we got a lot of stuff to get ready for, but I don't want to short you guys because I appreciate your time. And I thank you so much for being with us on the show today. I can't believe it. We've already been talking for 50 minutes. That's crazy. It seems like we just started. Yeah, and man. It's crazy. When you get a couple guys together that love to talk about fishing with an old man that loves fishing, boy. We got plenty of stuff to talk about. That's dope, yeah, man. I got to get down there and come fish on the beach with you guys. That looks so yeah, much dude. fun. Most definitely. Bring I would love man. to make some bitching content with you guys. I'm not so much going out catching a tuna. That's not my thing anymore. I do. I'm going to have to go do it now for three days straight and go catch a bunch of hundred. <laughs> love yellowfin, man. A hundred bun tuna. We got everything right now. We got those three, 400 pound blue fin. We got 40, 50 pound yellow fin. We got lots of Dorado and everything's like two, three miles off the beach right now. It's crazy what's going on. That's right awesome, dude. It is absolutely crazy. You're going to see some really bitching videos from us coming out in the next couple weeks. Me and Elliot will put <laughs> together a bitching bunch of videos, but we need to talk. We got a few more minutes. If there's anybody that has a burning question to ask these guys, we, like we always do at the end of the show, we'll take your questions. You just throw them up there. And if Elliot thinks it's a good question, he'll throw it up on the screen. We'll try to answer it while we're waiting to see if any questions come up, guys. Blaine, just explain to us what you got going on there. We want to come fish with you on the beach. Let everybody know what's going down. We hear Dylan all the time. We need you to talk. <laughs> that is uh, that is how it goes a lot. Dylan, Dylan can... <laughs> can talk now yeah I can he, talk. Can, he can talk to a wall if you wanted to um but you know you wanted to come shark fish on the beach with us wherever you're staying we, we accommodate all the way from destin florida to gulf shores alabama so there's a wide range of areas that we can come to you or you can come meet us it just depends on where we're most confident in the bite and whether or not we can get y'all on fish yeah. perfect and then they can call you go to your website yeah, you can reach out. Our code up again. Yeah, you can go to the website, give, give us a call, or there's also a direct message function on the website that will send us an email and a direct chat. So we can chat back and forth on there. Y'all let us know y'all's dates, that kind of things. We'll walk y'all through our trips and our pricing and locations and stuff like that, and we'll get y'all set up. One of our members, good friend, Jeanette, has a question. Have you guys ever forgotten to set the drag and almost lost your rod and your catch get ripped out of that um, motor? I can't say we've ever had that experience. Me and Dylan are both pretty uh, OCD when it comes to setting rods and in, in our spread and stuff. So we're always consistently checking our drags and making sure that they're they're good to go and not going to pull a rod and reel into the water because that's a, 
it's a pretty big financial loss when one of those <laughs> goes screaming off. So, one of the guys asked, "What do you think the best way to process your shark would be?" Yeah, so um, what we do, it's you got to check your local laws for sure because there's some things you can't dismember sharks on the beach. Um, so depending on where you are, but here, if you were going to keep one, like let's say we get a black tip, the quickest way is, uh, and the best way is an Ikijimi kit. So the Ikijimi comes with the, with the brain spike tool. Um, and so the first thing you want to do is when you get that shark up on the beach, just safely and, you know, as carefully as you can, you want to brain spike that shark right top of the head between the eyes, just like tuna. And that does the same thing. It, it quits. The first thing sharks will do when they get stressed is they will secrete urine through their skins. So they will ruin the meat. They're trying to ruin the meat as fast as they can for you. So you get up there, you want a brain spike and kind of slow the heart a little bit. And then we just turn them upside down like you would a deer, go from the middle of the chest plate all the way down to the end of the fin there, and then gut them. Pull the guts out, pull all the veins out, get the quickest way for them to not pump urine and pump blood into the meat. And then you'll go ahead, take the, and we just take the belly strips off and then take the meat strips off, stake them out just like swordfish, man. And they're like, uh, like pork chops, real good stuff. But definitely want to brain spike them quick. Yeah, that's a big myth, gang, and I, I'm sorry. I'm the wrong guy. Don't leave that comment because I'm never going to say they taste phenomenal. They taste great, and uh, they're way better for you than a cow or a chicken. When people ask me, you guys will love this, when they ask me all the time, is it, is it okay to eat that shark out of the ocean? I go, do you eat cow? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, and I go, well, then you don't really care about what you eat anyway, so why are you worried about the shark? You just yeah. be careful what you're getting out of your grocery store there, man. Right. And I love cow. Don't get me wrong. I, my first thing I did when I got here to town was go get an In-N-Out burger. I mean. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. Like, you I know. love me some cow. <laughs> but people are so funny. They're all worried about, all of a sudden, they're worried about what they're eating. But they're over in the line at Burger King getting a burger. Come yeah. on. Relax, gang. Shark tastes wonderful. And the really cool thing about the meat, like Dylan was saying, if you take care of it, It'll take on whatever flavor you want it to take on. You can marinate it with teriyaki. You can marinate yeah. it with Italian Italian uh, dressing. You can bread bread it. You can fry it. You can bake it. You can grill it. It is a phenomenal fish to eat. And we don't have one thing that everyone that's watching and a lot of your fans that are watching, we don't have an adverse effect of the population of the sharks with the fishing pole. It's no, never going to happen. Couldn't if we wanted to. If I wanted to decimate the shark population in my lifetime, myself, I could not make an impact. But it is important to, you know, influence the whole. But, yeah, there's a there's a wrong finger pointed. Right. We're educators. We're just trying to let you understand. I built a website that teaches people on the West Coast how to not suck at fishing. I have about <laughs> 4,000 plus members and you don't Can have Can you send me that link? Can you send me that link? I'll give it to you. I'll give you guys yeah, a sometimes I need a list on how not to suck at fishing. That's my motto. That's my slogan. That's my shirt. That's what it says. Yeah, man. Are you tired of sucking at fishing? You don't have to no. unless you want to. Unless you're totally into sucking and I understand there's a lot of people. You guys see it every day. <laughs> if you, There's my website, gang. We yeah, got baby. plenty of clothes. Elliot just introduced two new items, gang, that you got to get. You got to get a, the uh, shirt, Stop Fishing for Boats, and you got to get the other shirt, Don't Stop Be a Booger fishing. Eater. You do not want to be a booger eater. That's the worst <laughs> thing you could possibly be, gang. You do not want to be a booger eater. And you guys call them Googans out there. We call them booger eaters here. 
stop fishing for boats and stop eating your boogers. That's the two things I can tell you to do. You guys got it. That's just good life advice right there, you know. I used to run whale watch trips in the wintertime, and I used to tell the kids on the boat, I'd say, it's cool to eat. Back then, I used to tell them, it's okay to eat your boogers. Just don't eat your friend's boogers. That's, <laughs> That's absolutely gross. But now we don't want anybody eating their boogers. We want nope. you to be successful. And That's we right. Want, That's right. We want Blaine and Dylan to be super successful in their business. I brought them on here to introduce them to our West Coast audience and so you guys could learn a little bit about what they got going on. Don't be afraid to check out their website. Don't be afraid to reach out to these guys. They're doing a good thing out there in Pensacola. Right. You guys are. I'm super proud to call you guys my friends. I appreciate it, Dave. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having us all, man. It's been great getting to chat with you and kind of sit some, you know, for the last hour, we've been to get to sit down and swap some stories and stuff. But you get out there the next three days that you're going to be out there, man. Good luck. And uh, we really appreciate what you're doing there, too. Taking uh, taking military and stuff like that out there is a, is a good thing. So it's cool. It's cool to see. Thank you very much. Yeah, it means a lot to me to take the War Heroes out fishing. I can't wait to meet my guys and go catch some fish. You guys get have, after a, great, it, baby. Get after you guys it, have baby. a great day. Listen, turn off. Oh, here you go. Real quick. Little video Elliot's throwing up there. Yeah. Taking these That's war cool heroes thing, out dude. fishing changes their lives. It changes my life every time I take them because I did nothing to deserve the life that I have. I didn't sacrifice a flipping thing. These men and women sacrificed everything so we could fish for a living. That's crazy. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That, yeah. That appreciation needs to be shown. You're doing a, you're doing a fantastic job there. And if any of you war heroes make it down to Pensacola, check the boys out. They'll be more than happy to take care of you. I'm sure they got a deal for oh, you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, man. Go catch your big shark off the beach there. Life-changing event for sure, for sure, for sure. Oh, yeah. Thank you all very much for watching the show today. Remember what I always say, turn off the news. They're all lying. Wait for me. I'll be back. I'll be live tomorrow from the – picking up our war heroes and the parade in Newport. Keep an eye on that. We'll be live. And then we're bringing in Robbie Gant next Friday from AFCO. He'll talk about that Ichijima. What do you call that spike you put through their spine? Ichijima. Yeah. Yeah, He'll be talking about that. They have a whole thing at AFCO all about it. So we'll be talking about that more. Guys, thank you so much for being on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Blaine, try not to talk so much next time. Okay, buddy? I'm just getting this guy to shut up, you know? (laughs) See you guys.